Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. Tonight you're watching Deathstalker 2 and 4. I guess like with the Star Trek movies, only the even number ones are good. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Don't be speaking Spanish. Oh, wow. Brian's okay. one of those guys now. <laughs> America, speak American. Well, you can speak Spanish to me then using that logic if you'd like. No, <laughs> you guys done with your weird version of racism that you've decided to start the show with this week? Or sorry, just check all my it's settings. Not racist to badly speak Spanish. I have to check all my settings. One of my demon children niece was over, and I made the mistake of going. Please don't sit down at that computer and mess everything up. And so she did. Yeah, I can see how that would happen. She seemed very confused when she would talk into the microphone and there was no booming voice throughout the house. And she's like, can I plug this in? I'm like, it's plugged in. Just, it's not plugged into what you think it's plugged into. How do you keep your kid away from all your stuff, Doug? I say, please don't touch that. And, the, and he listens? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I understand. I understand that it's ridiculous, but it, it works. I don't know how having such a conversation with a child works that way. I don't know. But you don't understand how anything works, though, because I have I've learned interesting things about your behavior that we should probably be discussing right now. Oh, yeah? What's that? I'd like to know why you're ignoring Tracy's feedback instead of playing it on the show like you're supposed to. Or reading what? it, depending on the format it comes in. What feedback? I don't know. Tracy says you're ignoring her feedback. I took her word for it. Uh, Brian. I literally have zero clue what she's talking about. I Look, I, to, I would have to assume it's in the. Uh, yeah. Thing you do, Dad. You know, <laughs> it's in it's in the, the thing email. You do, Dad. That's, the email. Uh, that's, that's that's the word that my brain just erased for. Some not reason. in the email. And I'm looking in the spam folder right now. And there's four things. Unless her name is Victor Pavilushki-Zitsky. Look, Brian. Uh, I'm going to assume I, that's not her. I could believe you, or I could believe Tracy, or I could, you know, check myself. But I think we all know which one of those three I'm going to go with. Yeah. So it, I would like to know the, why you're ignoring Tracy's feedback. Is it in the junk folder? What did I literally just say, Noah? I, I, don't, I, will, I don't listen to you when you talk. But why would you? He's not even reading Tracy's feedback to us like right. he's supposed to. That's what I'm saying. How can I trust you? You clearly aren't checking the email. <laughs> um, I guess I can. I mean, there's an email from her, but I thought we read it already. <sighs> we can read it again. That's fine. 
I, I think it might be more that we're ignoring the fact that she gave us a whole ton of movies to watch and we didn't put any of them on the list. No, she she was clear. She was clear that we're ignoring her twice. <laughs> so, once for the, once for the list and once for the other feedback. Which makes me sad because we love all the people who listen. All like four of them. We do. I mean, yeah. I can read this other email again from March. I assumed we read it then. I'm pretty sure I remember reading it, but if we didn't. Did you tell us about it or did you read it to yourself quietly? I'm pretty sure we read it on the show. I don't know. Then why would she have said that? You know what? Was it on an episode that we lost? Oh, you know what? We did lose the, uh, we lost the, uh, the Rudger Hauer and, uh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The night, the nightmare episode. <laughs> nightmare episode. <laughs> the one, you know, um, the, yeah. The one that I'm not, still not sure if it's a fever dream or not of, uh, <laughs> five, five people holding a woman while <laughs> Rudger yeah. Hauer violated her. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that might have been that might have been it. We might have read it on that one, and then it got lost forever. That's what you think happened. It's my assumption, but listen, I literally forget what happened yesterday, <laughs> so I'm not to be held responsible for the stuff I forget from like three months ago. I don't know. It sounds like you're making up excuses on the fly. That's fine. You can take it that way too. I'll sign off on it. You'd be like, <laughs> Brian's making excuses, and I'd be like, Yep. Totally am too. All right. Well, that got settled quickly. Yeah. Last time I called somebody out for hiding feedback from me, we had to cancel a podcast and start a new one. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm sure that that went a lot calmer than you thought it was going to. Well, the, I mean, the trick is, is, you know, Brian is too lazy to do something mm. as, as dastardly as, as hide an email, because that would take oh, like Jesus. two mouse clicks. And uh, and I'm too fucking stupid. <laughs> so really, this is your fault. Like, Doug. like I would try to hide it and I would just forward it to everybody. <laughs> everybody in the world, don't show this to Doug. Yeah. Oh shit, Doug's on the mailing list. I forgot. Damn it. <laughs> I like how I for once wasn't insulting Noah and he's like, oh, we missed the part of the show where someone insults me. I better fill in. <laughs> I see, but I don't that's not insulting. I know I'm fucking dumb. It's all right. I'm smart in certain ways and then really fucking dumb in other ways. So what was the what was the last show we had to cancel? Because of feedback. The last horror cast. Is that what is that what it was? There was a big <laughs> feedback issue? There was an issue with feedback and it was uh, quite controversial. If you'll recall, our former co-host felt that I shouldn't have addressed it on mic, that it's something I should have taken up with him off mic. Shit. I don't oh. know, Scott. <laughs> I I literally do not remember this at all. You don't remember that? I forget. It was something ridiculous. But I it was some, like some specific. Pe- oh, you know what it was? It was when Eric's uh, email kept going to the spam folder for some reason. Because oh. <laughs> Gmail was actually the culprit that didn't want us reading it on, on air. It would be fucking Eric's fault. He messaged me bitch. and was like, he messaged me at some point and was like, how come you guys don't address my feedback? And I'm like, 
I'll take this out on Scott in the middle of the show. <laughs> Scott's like, enough of that. I quit. <laughs> Basically. Fuck, right. fuck this shit. I'm sure I did a lot of other mean things to him as well. <laughs> no. Does no, Noah, Noah will tell you. We don't ever do mean things to co-hosts. Yes. If he remembers, he's, as established, he's pretty dumb, so he might forget <laughs> to do <laughs> But established by him, so that's not on me. That's right. <laughs> but now but now you have to now you have to feel bad every time you pick on me because now you're just literally picking on a dumb person it's not very sporting it's pretty low-hanging fruit right Let's see you're I a monster doug <laughs> look we all have our flaws <laughs> i believe we've established it as lazy dumb and monster so uh, i'm comfortable with it right well, speaking of Noah being dumb, do you, want, do you want to tell us about the movies you picked this week, Noah? Sure. It, you're in charge of both plot descriptions this week. Uh, oh. I'm, what what order should we do them in? <laughs> because <laughs> let's, let's because you'd it. think you'd think it would be two and then four, but technically four is actually the sequel to one. <laughs> I, I did notice that four is like pulling a Halloween 2018 before Halloween 2018 was cool. Like it's like, it's like just all oh, the hell with two and three. We're just doing a direct sequel to one. And I thought that was pretty funny to see. Cause I, I don't know. Cause it's 1990 and it's a direct to video sequel and they're already big leaguing the other direct to video sequels that came before it. <laughs> Uh, well, reviewer's choice, Noah, whichever one you want to start with. Right. Well, Death Stalker 2 uh, follows a very different version of our hero, Death Stalker, um, mm-hmm. who, is, who is no longer uh, Rape Conan and is instead Boy Band Conan. <laughs> Fair enough. Which I suppose is an improvement, really. I mean, if we... <laughs> If we're all if we're all being honest with ourselves, well, Conan. which is it's really weird because he's played from the gum chewing guy from Chopping Mall. Yeah, and he seems like he'd be way more of a rape Conan. Oh, there's the lots one. of there is a whole lot of Chopping Mall crossover with this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, made it tolerable. <laughs> yep. So this is a reimagining of the Deathstalker series as a raunchy sex comedy. Of course it is. <laughs> which. I'm all right with that. Uh, he teams up with a peasant girl who is secretly a princess. Uh, spoiler alert. Same plot as the next movie we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, she has been cloned by an evil swordsman slash sorcerer. Sure. That's an accurate description of that character. Yep. Whatever yeah. they need him to be in that exact second. Uh, and basically, she tricks Deathstalker into traveling across the world and fighting people for her so that she can retake her kingdom. A little selfish, a little fucked up. Uh, and they do that. And there's lots of boobs. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And there's a evil sorceress as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I f- see, I fucked this description all up because I, I neglected <laughs> to mention that. So this movie opens with boy band Conan fighting cosplay ninjas and that whole scene ends with him escaping castle grayskull with (laughs) with an artifact and you know running out 
and the evil sorcerer woman walking to the balcony overlooking everything and saying, I'll get my revenge in Death Stalker 2. <laughs> and, and Brian it's, it's, hates this movie and it's amazing. This movie is amazing. It's I'll get my revenge and Death Stalker 2 as in T O O. But yes. Yes. But she is just telling the name but, of the movie into the But camera. then cut cut to the to the title of Death Stalker 2. Yeah. I did it's, think that that exact moment was clever. <laughs> so so this movie is 90% a blonde girl saying a setup line so that uh boy band Conan can say his one line joke that follows can, it. Can we please stop referring to him as boy band Conan and just refer to him by his proper title, which is douchebag Conan. <laughs> I prefer boy band Conan. Look at that hair. <laughs> like, like everybody in a boy band is effectively a douchebag anyway. I just think well, it's, I just wish he'd had about, his gun. Duran Duran Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Duran Duran Conan. That is a band name. Uh, Do you guys like it when they fully name dropped Conan in this movie? Yeah. (laughs) Because they're talking about how he wants to be in like Legends and they're like, it'd be just like Conan. And I'm like, all right, at least we're not, at least when we're ripping off Conan, we're doing it, you know, with a little uh, wink to the audience. Nobody's pretending. Well, at least this one, the description of this movie is that it is a essentially a spoof movie of the sword and sandal genre. Right. And since that's what they're doing, I can forgive almost everything about this movie. It's it's cheesy, but it's like entertaining, not not a, a, a fucking oh, it's the best thing I've ever fucking seen type situation. But it, it's funny, like it's funny in a they're intentionally making a kind of shitty movie kind of way. Yeah. And it's like it's Jim Wynerski who obviously made Chopping Mall and Chopping Mall is it's special. It's it's lightning in a bottle, right? Like you're not going to recreate that, but he does have a knack for cheese and for making things that are intentionally cheesy, which is hard to do. And I think he does it again here where it's like, yeah, even if I'm not laughing out loud at some of the stuff that goes on and I'm not particularly invested in the story or anything like that it's just kind of fun to watch like everything they do. Like it's fun the way they don't really talk like old timey people, even though this is supposed to be set in like sword and sorcery times. And it's, I don't know. There's zombies for some reason at one point and you're like, well, those don't fit at all. But clearly the people making the movie know those don't fit at all. And they're just like, yeah, but zombies are fun. So fuck it. <laughs> and they actually have a character like call it out. He's like, did we just fight zombies? Like, are you serious? Kind of thing. And I'm like, that's, I, I if, even if I didn't love this movie, at least I could just like the whole time. I'm just kind of like, all right, that's kind of fun. And there's just cheesy, fun eighties boobs constantly, which is right, right. enjoyable. It wasn't like, leering like that zombie movie we watched that was so full of nudity that it was like distracting it was just that fun 80s slasher style boobs where it's just like ah we're just gonna this girl's just gonna have no top on and run across the screen for no reason maybe the camera will linger a little bit but not that much yeah and it's once again way less rapey than first death stalker yeah it's been so long i haven't watched the original death stalker since we did it on the show although now I was going to say, now that I've seen Flesh and Blood, I think every movie is a little less rapey. Yeah. yeah. 
Speaking of lost episodes. Yeah. 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 No, uh, absolutely. Like if, if we had the audio from that show, it would just be us like squirming in our seats going, Oh, don't, don't do that a whole lot. So <laughs> maybe it's best that that's a lost episode. That's true. I don't know. I don't know if you guys took the time to read some of the trivia and stuff on this movie, but it's delightful as well. No, so, go ahead and uh, re- review, revel us with this entertaining trivia. Oh my! So, like one thing, Tori Naples. So that's the chick who plays the evil sorceress chick. Okay, uh, was hired, and and Jim Wynorski, not so surprisingly, asked her to do nude scenes. What? Weird. Yeah, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy, uh, and she refused. And because of that, whenever the movie got done, I guess some of the producers watched it expecting a Winarski boob fest and were like, hey, enough boobs in this movie. Why didn't that chick get naked? And he's like, "Okay, well, fuck it. And he went back and added some boobage from that character using a body double. Okay. And Tori Naples was pissed off that the body double they picked had tits that were way less nice than her tits. <laughs> and because of that, now she started doing all of her own nudity <laughs> in all subsequent films. So when Arsky managed to change the trajectory of her career to make her do nude scenes by <laughs> faking her nude scenes. Jesus. That's that is wacky trivia. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Right. They said the same thing. So did did you guys watch all the way to the uh, end credits? No. Uh, I don't think so. So so the end, as the credits started rolling, I'm assuming you guys noticed that he was doing a blooper reel, which he's a big fan of. And the last blooper is some cut scene of that blonde chick dancing naked on top of a crate. And it was just such a pointless, weird scene that I guess one of the cameramen started laughing really loudly and fucked the whole scene up. And so the end of the credits is literally a naked woman dancing in front of the camera and then bursting into laughter. Like that's seems that's what the thing is. That's the thing about that. This cheesy eighties nudity is that it is just pointless and funny and it doesn't come like, like it's not rapey. It doesn't feel like you're exploiting these women. It just seems like everybody's having a good time, you know? And that's, that's what makes it fun, right? Like the idea that somebody would laugh at that is, I don't know. I, I laughed at a couple of the nude scenes in this too. And it, sometimes it was just laughing out loud because I, there was no reason for those poops to be on screen. <laughs> and then just all of a sudden they just put them there and you're like, all right, like I, like I see what you're doing here. You know, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. A bunch of his one-liners got me because they're they're supposed to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger-esque, you know, one-line haha jokes mm-hmm. or or maybe a Bruce Campbell-esque thing. But instead, they're just like dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something about that combination of things that I actually was like, fuck it. God damn it. Why is that funny? Because it is. Like yeah. whenever he gets locked in the zombie scene, whenever he gets locked in the crypt and the wall starts coming at him and he's like, oh, a crushing wall. That's original. <laughs> and then the spikes came out of it. and He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And I think, again, that comes down to the fact that they knew they were making a cheesy movie. And so they're not 
he's not delivering those lines in a way where you're where he's trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's delivering them in a way where it's like, look, I know this is a stupid thing to say right now, and I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. <laughs> Brian, I'm getting the impression you were the uh, least positive on this of all of us. Uh, that would be correct. Yeah. I don't know. I have not seen a John Wynarski or Jim Wynarski movie that I've enjoyed besides Chopping Mall. I don't know if I've ever seen anything except Chopping Mall and know this. I'm sure you have, but it was probably not memorable. <laughs> his Chopping Mall is his least sleazy movie. That is very true. <laughs> Which is fascinating to say when you think about it. <laughs> um, and I don't know. This is more of the same from him, I guess. The guy just was like, okay, I don't understand the point. This John Terleski, as much as I love him in Chopping Mall... In this, I'm just like, he's nothing like Deathstalker. Why the fuck is this guy Deathstalker? Right. And his one-liners were not very good, like we had mentioned. I feel like this movie to me, and and I I know I'm in a very unique group of people who enjoys this, but this feels like one of those movies that I would have stumbled across on Cinemax in the middle of the night (laughs) and been like, oh, there are boobs in this, and then sat and watched the whole thing, giggling the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> and, th- and those types of movies hold a very special place in my heart. <laughs> I, I love that aesthetic. I just i I love a movie that's sleazy as balls and just knows it is and is okay with that. Sure. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified at the end of that description that you were saying positive things because a lot of people wouldn't have interpreted it that way. Um, like I said, I'm in a very small. Yeah. It's a very small group of people, me and the other weirdos. There's probably some weird Facebook group dedicated to it that I would get all excited and then sign into and see three of the posts and go, oh, no, not those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And, and like, I'm not that positive on it, um, but I will say I thought I thought there was enough clever moments. I thought like even if I wasn't laughing out loud at any point, I was never like bored watching it. And oh, more on that later, but um, <laughs> the, you know, the whole time I'm just thinking, yeah, like it's it's fine, and I'm and it's whatever an hour twenty five or something. Like it's not like you're dedicating your afternoon to this movie. It's like so you're just killing some time, you know. And yeah, I I, I smiled, I chuckled, I thought, you know, some of the stuff that Brian's complaining about, I think, is just. Um, like you say, okay, that lead actor does not belong in this movie. Absolutely, he doesn't. I agree, but I think everyone knows he doesn't. I mean, that's sort of the whole point is they put this, you know, '80s preppy guy in the role that's not written for a guy that looks or talks that way, and they—that's the joke. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's comedy subjective. So, but I enjoyed that joke, and it didn't wear off throughout the movie for me. So. Um, but I was also very bored. Like I sent a message to you guys that the first half an hour of this movie was somehow two hours long. I yeah, just see, don't. I don't fucking understand how you can be bored watching this. Let me. Can I? I can understand question, you watching it and going, "This isn't good," like because <laughs> it's not. But boring is not the word I would ever use. Mm-hmm. So, did you know, Brian, when you turned it on, that it was a comedy or no? No. Okay, and I think that. 
like the saving grace for me is that I visited the IMDb page and that it said this is a, a send up, I believe is the term they use of, of sword and sandal films. Um, and if you look at it that way, I think it's a very, very different movie than if you go into it thinking it's trying to be a good movie. Um, be like watching space balls and thinking you're going to get like another version of star Wars and not understanding that they're having fun with the concept. Okay. That's, that's a good comparison, I guess. Also space balls just got put on the list. I don't know what we're teaming with yet, but <laughs> we talk- saying that made me happy. So can, can we talk about that final kill where he stabs that dude in the fucking like brain through the neck with a broken sword? I mean, okay. Talk about it's, it. It's fucking great. It, and it fucks the whole movie up in a, in a weird way because you're like, wait, why why didn't we get a whole bunch of that? Because that was dope. Yeah. Like, it was cheesy. The whole him catching the sword, you know what I mean? And not getting stabbed in the face and then breaking it with his bare hand was silly. But still, stabbing a dude through the brain with a broken sword in the neck? That's dope. Yeah, I don't know if I was excited about as excited about uh, as you were. I, I probably enjoyed more the part where he got it and broke it with his hand. So I'm like, that suits this movie. So I even forgot that happened until you brought it up. Thief of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're a thief of joy, Brian. Except for like thief of emails, apparently. But okay, you're fine. People are. It, this is an important thing that needs to be said, so that we're not part of the problem. People are allowed to hate things. Like that's okay. Well, well, people are allowed to yeah have have their own opinions on things, and I, especially like comedy is the one where it's like comedy is one hundred percent subjective. Different people find different things funny. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. Like everybody's gonna enjoy different thing, did different versions of making you laugh, and that's all there is to it. And, and I agree with that statement up to a point of when for some reason you hate Obi Wan. And I don't understand. Listen, that. no, we're not getting into that because we're not doing that. Fucking you guys. <laughs> I will hold so my time. It's called a tease, Doug. We got to tease it up for a couple of weeks so then people are excited to hear our review of Obi-Wan when it's done. God, you don't know nothing about marketing. <laughs> now we're doing marketing. <laughs> It's our big, it's our big Obi Wan Kenobi special that we've been planning for weeks, Doug. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Does anybody else have anything you like to say about the in-depth, the in-depth meeting and notes we've taken? Yeah, they're right here with Tracy's email. <laughs> Does anybody want to talk about Death Stalker two anymore? No. Noah, any other favorite parts that you feel that need to be discussed? I just see. I the problem is I can't think of any real standout moments. There's the beginning where they so they go to that uh, bar and they reuse some of the footage from the first movie, which is also a, a carry through. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this thing where they're like, it's them interacting and they're walking around, and then it's cutting to these repeats of the uh, first movie, and then it just keeps cutting to this topless woman. He's just kind of standing against a wall, just generically gyrating her, her large breasticles. Yes. <laughs> it does that. Best part of the movie. What, what like 10 times? Like, it's, 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 really, we, it's, it's really weird. I kept assuming that that woman was going to be a character throughout the rest of the film. Right. She's not. She's just there for that. 
I feel like a producer gave Winorski a, a quota. He was like, this is the percentage of time of this movie that there needs to be a nipple on the screen. And I need you to stick with that. I don't have any behind the scenes knowledge, but if that happened, it wouldn't be a surprise to me. It also wouldn't be a surprise to me to find out that they had to cut out nudity because Winorski put too much in. So, <laughs> Like, this is the scaled back version? That also makes sense to me. Like, look, Jim, we understand what kind of movies you make, but you went a little overboard, didn't you? <laughs> Could you film okay. uh, one scene where one of the people is clothed, please? Like, this has to run on USA Up All Night somehow. We have to have stuff that doesn't have nudity in it. To be fair, most of the men were relatively clothed. Yeah. Douchebag Conan had no shirt on for a lot of the movie, but even like the the bad guy sorcerer guy wore like the the full like Undertaker style outfit with the long pants and the shirt. Yeah. It did it did it did commit a very specific movie sin of the evil swordsman guy clearly being the stereotype evil yep. gay guy. Yeah, yeah, it's um, just a thing. We should also talk about his wrestling match that he had. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where he fought Lady Kong. Yeah. Couldn't that was probably name, the highlight yeah. of the movie for me because when I was like setting up to, like my Instagram post to show it, I'm like, is he in a wrestling ring in one of these pictures? Like, <laughs> like that just... can't be right. Like I must be just processing that picture wrong. I was going to say, nope. and not even in like a theme appropriate wrestling ring. They just built a fucking wrestling ring, like oh, yeah. a normal ass modern wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah, they just had had him wrestle an actual wrestler in it. Oh. And why not? Right. Sure. Go for it. Yeah, like she in, was, in she was back from the original uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. So I was happy to see her. Yeah. See, I didn't recognize her right away until you guys pointed that out to me, but that makes total sense. And it in this movie, like having him just have a wrestling match in the middle when they announce it's trial by combat. And then he's just like, oh, man. And they show him, and he starts he's preparing for it by jumping rope and shit. Like all that was pretty fun. <laughs> I, I love the fact that in the end, what they decide to do is that he's supposed to like rope a doper until she wears out. And the joke is that it keeps going round after round after round after round of this woman beating the shit out of him. It's <sighs> a pretty good joke. Yeah, that whole that whole scene was really probably the highlight of the movie. Just yeah, just watching him get ready like Rocky style. <laughs> so, he, like, he when thinks did this come out? Like this would have been like post Rocky three. So that whole rope it dope storyline is taken from Rocky three, I guess. Right. Seems like it should be. I don't know. I don't know what your well, things came out. Was it wasn't that taken from the Muhammad Ali and uh, George Foreman fight or whatever? Yes. <laughs> yes. But I'm real life. I believe these guys stole it from the movie. I doubt that they stole it from real life. Um, oh, I had a point. I completely lost it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's silly. There are boobs. There's a wrestling match in the middle of it. Just, oh, I, I did like that. He thought it was going to be some petite blonde. He had to like roll around the ring with and he was yeah. all excited. <laughs> then it's like this seven Orgo. foot like <laughs> b- 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 <laughs> barbarian lady that he has to fight. <laughs> it was pretty funny when she started beating the shit out of him. I was enjoying it. I got to say, I, I liked the performance from that lead actor. I don't know his name. John Terleski. I'm not going to remember that. The douchebag yeah. from Shopping Mall. Um, yeah, he's a he's a film director now. Okay. 
but uh, yeah, his his performance is pretty good. Like it's over the top, like big facial reactions and stuff, which suit the tone of this film very well. I don't know if I'd like it in most other movies, but yeah. I wasn't a big fan of this movie. As we've yeah, noted. No. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry that someone hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have that discussion here again here in a couple of weeks when we're allowed to talk about Obi Wan again. Don't you worry. Uh, and then, uh, so then we watched the Soccer Four, skipping three, as we are wont to do. Did we, we ever... remember why? <laughs> that was my question too. No, it was because you guys were reading the IMDb descriptions of the sequels, and you decided to, that two sounded good and four sounded good, and you didn't like the sound of three, so you so excluded it from the list. Yes. All right. I remember yeah. like there was a reason why we teamed up two and four, but I couldn't remember what the reason was. That sounds dumb enough to be true. So, And so this one is a direct sequel to the first movie. Uh, and it's our hero, Deathstalker, teaming up with a peasant girl who is secretly a princess <laughs> who, who is going... <laughs> He was using him to go take over the castle that was her family's. It's weird. It's weird how that happens. This time uh, the evil sorceress has arranged for a tournament. Yeah, and this time the evil sorceress has a tournament going. Which I think may be why I liked this movie more, because you know how much I love a gold secret fighting tournament. I was getting ready to say, if they had Jean-Claude Van Damme playing Deathstalker in this, oh my God. It, would be, it would be a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that goes though to say. Although I don't know how you hurricane kick someone while holding a broadsword. You don't. John Claude Van Damme would do it no matter no problem. Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> even be a discussion. Yeah, so the movie really has no plot. <laughs> the plot is <laughs> that that uh, Deathstalker's magic sword that he got in the first movie, he accidentally swapped it with his friend during a battle. And now he is traveling across the country, just looking for his sword, which at the end, the revelation is that the sword is not actually magical at all. It's just that he's a badass and he just feels better when he has his sword. The power was in you the whole time. Right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that was so movie, fun to listen to. This movie also has a bunch of boobs. Uh, not, near, not nearly as many. Yeah, unnecessary Sounds weird like... fight scenes and such. Yeah. Uh, and the only difference is while the two is an intentional comedy comedy, this is an attempt at a sword and sandal movie that has comedic elements. Yes. Yeah. And, and we, should also... mention, oh. we should mention has the original Deathstalker in it. Yeah. And there is a whole like subplot about how the evil sorceress that put on the tournament is. What is she doing? Is she like she's slipping something into the wine so the people will turn into her own private army? She's drugging dudes, fucking them and then using her magic to turn them into like man golems. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. (laughs) Yeah. Complicated. I do like the subplot. I chuckled out loud a few times where they get the one guy that's like completely chased and refuses to drink because all he does is worry about his combat. So they have him 
approach her so that he's going to have to like hit on her to try to figure out what her evil plot is. And the whole time is him trying to find excuses not to drink the wine and try to avoid having sex with her and stuff. I love, I love his, his trainer because he's, he's supposed to be the athlete out of everyone. And at one point, you know, the manager hears about their plan and he goes, sex, sex, but you'll be drained of your vital fluids and they'll have to rebuild. That will take weeks. The tournament's only three more days. <laughs> and that's funny because it's a silly fucking thing for a movie. And it's also funny because that was a real thing that people used to fucking believe. Well, yep. there's probably some truth to it. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not quite what they're saying out loud, but... <laughs> Yeah, so the movie's absolutely ridiculous, but love me a good underground fighting tournament. So ridiculous, and a good quarter of it is reused footage from the first movie. Yes, but done in such a way that they aren't pretending like it's not, which I think I I appreciate. You're not trying to sell me that it's it's like a clip show on a sitcom. Also, less rapey than the first one. Well. Yeah, you so I guess depending it. on depending really, on which side you look at it, you'd really have to push it to go more. It's true. But I mean, I guess the evil sorcerer is trying to fuck everybody with a dick is maybe a little on the rapey side, but a little less offensive. Maybe I don't know. It is. It is nice that it's the other way for once. Yes. Well. <laughs> Is it sexist that all the women in all the Deathstalker movies are just like manipulative bitches that just abuse men and like <laughs> lie to them and trick them into doing things that they shouldn't be doing? And the answer to that question is, yeah, <laughs> <All right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very well thought out. Um, yeah, at least the women had their own little tournament going on in this one, though. It's like progressive for a movie of its age. Right. Although, once again. Stereotypically, we had the the evil gay and the lesbian chick who was the main opponent in the. Yeah, that's look. All right. <laughs> yes. No counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right. I kind of I kind of was uh. into that character. The only the only thing that I found in this movie that of. You know, I'm all right with them finding excuses for chicks to take their tits out and all that kind of stuff. But the scene where Deathstalker is fighting the bull man on the weird pole bridge thing. And somehow the two girls end up basically having a mud pit bikini fight underneath it. (laughs) You're like, okay, come on, guys. (laughs) Come on. Come on, buddy. The reference to the bull man brings up an interesting point, though, because this movie was full of characters who were part animal, and part human. And by which I mean, they put a mask on them and no other part of their costume was animal. <laughs> and they just thought that was OK. And it's like, I get that we're dealing with low budgets here. But if you want us to believe that that's like a half tiger, half man, maybe put like long sleeve clothes on them so that you can at least pretend that he's part tiger underneath it not just have a perfectly human body with a mask on took me a minute to process that they were supposed to not just be regular humans wearing masks because certainly what they look like there was a lot of kitty cat people yeah 
And it's just weird because they they just also just have them there and don't bring it up. Like they don't, nobody says, hey, uh, that person's part cat. <laughs> nobody does that. <laughs> the audience will be fine with that, right? Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, one thing I could say is the fight choreography in this was pretty terrible. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, it moved so slow and there was obvious times when people were standing there waiting for like the other person to do something so they could block it. Yeah. Yeah. It happened a lot. It was, it was, this is what happens when you try to do things that your budget doesn't account for. Like to pull off this many successful sword fights, you would need to have all of these actors go to like training for this and they're not going to do that for Deathstalker 4. My favorite was whenever they stabbed people, they were doing the thing that you would do when you're a little kid where you just stab them kind of between their arm and their body and then they hold the sword to themselves. (laughs) They were doing that throughout this movie and I'm just like, I I guess. I mean, that's how I did it when I was seven, so I can't see why they shouldn't do it that way. To be fair, they did it in the last movie too, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, some of it, even if he, the director just like sped up the film a little bit, I think it would have looked better, but man, yeah, there are times where they're just like, Nope, I'm going to sit here and wait a good, like three count before the dude <laughs> tries to like hit me and I got to block it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was untrained people wielding relatively heavy weapons at each other and everybody was just trying not to kill one another. So what do you do? It's unintentional humor built into the film. See, I feel like I need to watch part three now. Just yeah. to see how uneven this entire franchise is. I have Jesus a feeling Christ. if these are the ones we picked based on the descriptions. Yeah. But at least the third one has a mystery science theater episode. So you can at least watch that and get the gist. Ah, uh, that's key. And enjoy everything going on around it rather than the actual movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not sure if this is a franchise we really needed to tackle. But. I don't know if we really needed to give you a, a whole Death Stalker episode after that. We must have liked the first one. You guys did yeah. it. You guys had a good that's time tough. with it. Yeah. See, I think that's that's the that's the problem. Too much Death Stalker. We needed something else. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe we should have done a Death Stalker month and teamed it up with something else every week. But too late for that now. <laughs> nope. Starting over. Uh, <laughs> Anything else before we move on? I, Noah, it's up to you, man. These are your types of movies, not the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know. See, for the fact that Brian seems to have enjoyed this one more, I enjoyed this one slightly less because it was a little more boring and slow-paced. To be yeah. fair, I on my letterbox, I gave Deathstalker 2 a 2. I gave Deathstalker... Death Soccer 4, a 3. So it's not as <laughs> if there's a wide gap between these movies. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's not even true. A two and a half. Was so, even a full three. Yeah. Full disclosure, I liked the first one better because it was stupider. And this yeah. one, because it was taking itself seriously, there were definitely times throughout it where I was just like, it was having trouble holding my attention. And I was just like, you know, just on my phone and other shit because I didn't feel like I was going to miss anything and I can just look up if there was a good fight that happened, but no good fights happened in the whole movie. So yeah, I had a problem with that with both movies. So did I, but it was worse in this movie. 
Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, well, before we move on, I guess we do have a piece of feedback we have to read. (laughs) That apparently we've been chastised over. And I think we've come to the conclusion, at least I have, that uh, we read it on our Wrecker Hauer episode... But thus got lost, and so technically has never been read to the public, but has been read on the show before. <laughs> so Tracy emailed us. She says, hi, hope you're all well. Just wanted to mention acknowledge our 200th episode again, as I did on the Facebook page, but Wait, you obviously ignored can we, it. Can we time out? Can we, were we all well back when this came in? Do we recall? <laughs> uh, March 8th, did you have COVID again, Noah? Probably. probably yeah no one know he probably had COVID. <laughs> that's the thing noah does uh please keep going for another 200 you are a great team who comment on classic and not so classic movies with good insight and hilarity i wouldn't say good insight hilarity would, maybe hilarity but not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> she said i did however disagree with your comments on the ms 45 movie uh, it was the first time I watched for me, and I found it watchable and intriguing. Yeah. As, as a mature lady with hands similar to Courtney Cox, because I think <laughs> we were talking about Scream 5 when Courtney Cox had grandma hands. Yeah. Uh, as a mature lady with hands similar to Courtney Cox, we were born in the same year. I understand why the protagonist of the movie shot every male in sight. She went through a horrendous ordeal, which, as all 70s movies... Uh, was lingering and uncomfortable to watch. So I completely understand her journey into madness and aggression. After all, Noah, the male member of the species, shoots almost everyone in most movies for no for no apparent reason. And she did refrain from shooting a female character at the end of the movie, obviously referring to the fact that it was only men she felt vengeance for. Driller Killer, which I had seen before on a dodgy VHS, was still disappointing. I I have to point out my problem with that movie wasn't that it was a woman randomly killing people. It was the way she was portrayed in the movie, portrayed her killing a bunch of people in a negative light. Well, when men are shown doing it in movies, they're shown in a positive light. Yeah, Tracy. I remember that entire conversation. Uh, she says, thanks for, thanks for mentioning my list. I don't expect you to review any of them, but you can keep mentioning it with two laughing emojis. Once again, great podcast, Tracy. Thanks for the feedback, Tracy. Thanks. I hope everybody's happy now. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're unhappy about it, Brian. That's really That's the key funny. here. Just what we get for losing episodes. Yeah, I wonder if that's I'm waiting for next week's feedback when somebody's like, you guys already read that email on the show. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> See? All right. Anybody watch anything since last episode? No, I don't. Oh, shit. Oh, really? Why not? I just, I just didn't. Oh, all right. that's I haven't even I haven't even had a chance to watch Stranger Things. Oh, well, we're going to talk about it in a few minutes here. The rest of everyone else watched it. <laughs> 
So what'd you watch, Doug? Um, but we'll get to Stranger Things because I guess Brian and I have both seen it. The only other thing I watched, and look, I, I know what I got myself into when I signed up for this, but I watched Deep Blue C3 because, mm-hmm. as you know, I'm a fan of the franchise. Um, meaning I really like the first one and I found the second one tolerable the one time I watched it. Three is one of the most frustrating movies I've ever seen in my life. Because here's the thing. The first half of Deep Blue Sea 3 is like really fun. It's like these people living on this like weird like man-made island studying sharks and they're like friends with the local sharks and you know, because it's Deep Blue Sea 3, we know that the bad sharks are coming. So in my head, I'm thinking, like, we're going to get good sharks fighting bad sharks, trying to save the humans. Like, that's going to be fun, right? Like, I'm getting excited for that. And I'm like, they, they have names for the sharks and shit. And I'm like, oh, well, that shark's going to end up getting killed because they gave it a name. And we're going to have to feel bad for it when it dies and stuff. And then, like, you know, like, there's that this other boat shows up and they're the ones hunting the, like, genetically modified sharks from part two. And uh, you're like, okay, so they're all going to have to work together or whatever. And we get some like fun moments where like there's one point where a shark's about to eat a guy and then they tranquilize the shark. So the shark sinks to the bottom of the ocean with the guy in his mouth and they have to swim down there and pry the asleep shark's mouth open and pull the guy out. And I'm like, that's fun. I'm really enjoying this. And then for for some reason. Like one of the human characters just takes this crazy heel turn and becomes the villain of the movie. Then one of the heroes is just killed off for no fucking reason, just completely out of the blue. So now we've got this weird like action movie of like the people we met at the beginning living on this man-made Island versus this like evil action movie villain and his team of like, and they're fighting and it's, it's literally getting to those like real action movie tropes of like at one point two guys are like standing they're staring at each other and like the one guy is like i don't even need a gun to kill you i can do it with my bare hands and he puts it down so that they can fist fight and i'm like what the fuck where are the sharks what is going on this is a shark movie why are there even human villains let alone like why is this becoming an action movie and i'm like and then all of a sudden there's these people trapped in like one of the huts because it's like sinking into the water so they can't get out because the sharks would get them and they're trapped in there for like a half an hour and then finally it sinks a little more and now the sharks can get in so they go out through the hatch in the roof and i'm like what the hell just happened if there was a hatch in the roof why didn't you go out that a long time ago and you're just like what happened to this movie that i was trying to enjoy like it started out pretty good and then it becomes just generic direct video action movie that is just hitting all the tropes and not well and i don't understand why it did that i don't know why it wasn't just all of our heroes working together to defeat the sharks and the sharks like they even go through a whole effort of like justifying why they have to kill these sharks even though they're conservationists and how these sharks since they're genetically modified aren't natural and will destroy the environment and all this and I'm like, great, you set it all up for us to have you you guys fight the sharks. The sharks kill a few of the like lesser known characters and the heroes at the end get to destroy the last shark and live happily ever after. There's even like a cheesy like 
character thing where the one girl on the island and the guy that showed up on the boat like dated when they were in college and they haven't seen each other in years and now coincidentally in the middle of the ocean they run into each other so i'm like look those are the two they get to live happily ever after after they kill the sharks won't that be nice and then they fuck it all up and i was just frustrated i'm like because i was shocked that i was enjoying the first half of the movie (laughs) i was already caught off guard by that and then when they took it away from me i'm like damn it What'd you do? So you sound really upset. The fact that you didn't like this movie. I'm upset because they tricked me because I expected to not like it. And then they made the first half fun. And I'm like, Oh, like I can deal with the bad CGI and shit. I know what I signed up for, but then I'm like, what happened in the second half is just, I don't get it. I don't understand why they did that. Like anyways, I was frustrated by that. It just sounded like you expected a lot out of deep blue C3. I did. No, this is the thing. They, uh, This is my complaint. I expected yeah. very little. And at the beginning, they were surpassing my expectations. And then they're just like, nah. We'll just like It's almost like they tagged on the second half of a different movie. Like This movie starts off being about people who live on this like man-made island that used to be a fishing village. But then because of climate change, it's not usable anymore. So now they're using it as like a research station. And they're just trying to like follow sharks around. And they're the ones that are like friends with some of the sharks and shit. And you're like, okay, that's a fun setup. It literally ends with one of them attaching a mine onto another boat and blowing up a bunch of the human villain characters. I'm like, what? What? Like, <laughs> how did you get there? Why did you get there? And that, like, that moment where the guy, like, literally puts down his gun so he can fight the other guy, like, it's just unforgivably bad. It's just, like, it's exactly what happens in Commando. Except in Commando, you set up that these two wanted to fight each other at like the beginning of the movie and then reminded us casually throughout the movie so that when they finally got together, you were expecting him to fight. And then you had Commando like, like bugging the guy being like, oh, come on, you don't need a gun to take me out, like basically goading him into dropping his gun. In this one, it's just two characters who have had mild amount of tension between them because they're on different boats. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, now we have to have this giant fight. And it was just frustrating. There's a moment. There's a moment in the first half where a guy is like, they're down there doing their dive, and yeah, you know, I don't know what those little machines are called that you see divers with sometimes that they like hold on to them and it like pulls them along. But there's like the guy coming at them and he's he's on one of those, and they just as he passes by, they realize he's been bitten in half. <laughs> it's just his entrails and shits together. And I'm like, there nice. you go. That's that's what I want from Deep Blue C3. Just do that for the whole movie. Don't stop halfway and. <laughs> do whatever else that you expect to do. So not recommend or watch the first half and then just like, then just be like, oops. And then it doesn't work anymore. And then just shut it off. Yeah. Like when the one guy, like, like I say, there's a a real heel turn moment where you just, you could just see, you're like, Oh, that background character is the villain in the movie. Now when that happens, turn the movie off before that we're talking smart sharks that recognize guns and all this, you know, stereotypical stuff that you'd expect to see in a deep blue sea film this deep into the franchise. You know what you're getting. I've still never seen the first one. You've never seen deep blue sea. Yeah. Oh, it's the chopping mall of shark movies. It's, <laughs> yeah, it is. That's quite an endorsement. It's a, that's, it's objectively that's the, a shark eight made one, right? Samuel Jackson. Yeah. 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 A shark ate me. A motherfucker shark ate me. Deep blue sea. That was a good one. Yeah, kind of. That's uh, those aren't exact lines from the movie. What's what's that from? No, it's, but, a, it's on uh, 
Chappelle show. It's oh, from okay. the uh, the skit about Sam Jackson beer, where Sam Jackson keeps showing up and screaming at people. And he goes, haven't you seen my movies? Deep Blue Sea? That was a good one. A shark ate me. A motherfucking shark ate me. <laughs> I gotta watch the original one again. The original one has sharks that get so smart that they can swim backwards because the makers of that film feel that that's why sharks can't swim backwards. It's because they're not smart enough to. It's, they just can't think of the idea. It's not because their bodies just aren't designed to do it. And no matter how smart they get, it won't change anything. <laughs> but the sharks do get smart enough to learn how to flood certain parts of a research station so that it'll cause it to sink. Cause apparently the sharks have engineering degrees. So <laughs> it's just science stuff. Come on. As a shark is want to do. I mean, I guess if you were a super smart shark, you might go to engineering school. It's different. Sharks have different interests and I, I don't think you should push them into a career that they're not comfortable with. <laughs> Anyways, deep blue sea is going on the list too. Cause now I want to watch it. I'll have to find another objectively crazy shark movie to watch, but I don't think such a thing exists. No, shark movies are usually pretty serious. No, oh. watch. The only other thing I watched was uh, Stranger Things, which I know you've seen too. So, do we want to have a discussion about it now, or are we worried about spoiling things for Noah? I would. I would, if you guys want to discuss discuss it, I will hop off at the end, and you guys can talk all you want. But I'd rather not spoil that one. Oh, you said you don't mind spoilers. I normally don't, but this one I've actually managed to avoid like anything. So, so you didn't know Tom Cruise has a cameo in it? as Iron Man? Weirdly, that's not that's not a very good selling point. <laughs> I didn't say it was a selling point. I just said it was a spoiler. <sighs> Anyways, let's. What, if, yeah, what let's, if I go to watch it and that was a real one? I'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Why the fuck? <laughs> of all the things for him to make to say, this is it." I thought I thought they were joking. I really was. No. But the only thing I'll say at this moment is the redemption arc of Steve Harrington is a beautiful thing to watch. How do you go from somebody you want to punch in the face in the first season to? Being in the fourth season and being like, that's the guy that I want to see throughout the entire show. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I watched a couple things. Um, nothing too exciting. Like I mentioned to you guys, I had my nieces over over the weekend. And they're like 9 and 13. So my wife didn't want to, you know, disturb them. By anything you you weren't allowed to pick the movies? Okay. That's, that is a true statement. Um. So I came home and they were turning on night books on Netflix, which apparently is based on like a kid's series of books. Um, now this kid really loves horror stuff and he writes horror stories. So of course everybody in his class thinks he's a weirdo. Yeah. To me, that would probably be my kid. So I'd be perfectly fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't really 100% know what's going on when it first starts, but he's upset and running away from home. Gets distracted by something in the apartment below, like like he's getting off the elevator. And he's like, oh, what's going on here? This open door. And he goes inside and the door shuts. And he's like trapped in what is essentially is an apartment. But it turns out a witch lives there and 
she's able to sort of like teleport this apartment anywhere in the world to trap children. And while he's trapped there, she makes him read like horror stories to her every night for reasons they explain later in the movie. And so during the day, he's supposed to be writing these stories, but instead he's trying to find a way out. There's like one other girl there and they're trying to figure out how to escape because there's been lots of children. And if she starts getting disappointed in you, she will just, uh, I don't know. They never fully explain it, but just bad things happen to children who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So throughout the movie, he's reading her short stories that he's previously written. And during the day, he's trying to figure out a way how to escape out of this apartment because it's all magical and you can't just walk out the front door. So, um, as far as like little kid horror movie stuff, I actually thought this was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, if, if I had a little kid and I was hoping he would get in to like horror stuff, like this is definitely a movie I would start off with. So it's just got a lot of fun, like cool horror imagery and stuff and some fun scenes that kids would definitely have fun, like sort of watching and everything, but you know. Don't expect not to be able to sleep at night or anything, but it was still fun. And Kristen, Kristen Ritter from the Jessica Jones series plays the witch. She's a lot of fun. That's good. So, yeah. So just a fun, good time. If you got little kids, uh, and then one of my nieces recommended that we watch a monster in Paris. Um, I don't know. It's, it's an animated kids movie. This guy's supposed to be looking after this doctor's laboratory while he's away and, of course, fuck something up and essentially <laughs> turns a flea into, like, a seven-foot, like, monster. But uh turns out he's very docile. But, of course, it's very much like a play on both The Phantom of the Opera and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Where he's actually, like, a good person, but everybody's fear and everything turns him into a monster because... They just want to kill him, so the entire town turns against him, except for the two or three main characters. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of scenes with the flea, like, hiding. He's got, like, a hat and a coat on, and he's trying to hide, like, in alleyways. And I asked my niece, I'm like, have you ever seen a movie called Mimic before? She said no, and I meant to show her the trailer before she went home, and I forgot. Because giant bugs passing themselves off as people seems like she would be able to handle Mimic if she really liked this movie. She is 13, so I think Mimic would be something that she could. Uh, yeah, I haven't see. seen Mimic in a while, but I would show it to a 13-year-old. Yeah. Oh, if there was one of my nieces, I'd show it to them much younger than 13. <laughs> my own kid, 13, is probably fine. <laughs> my brother probably wouldn't care. <laughs> I think they've watched like the it movies or whatever. So I'm sure they're fine, but I just thought it was interesting. Giant, giant flea running around trying to pass itself off as human. Like, Oh, we can watch like a real horror version of this. If you want, uh, then we watched, we finished up stranger things this week, which we're going to talk about. And right before I hopped on this, we watched two of the first three episodes of the boys. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. 
Yeah, new season just started. They dropped the first three episodes last Friday. I, uh, I heard that there is a gigantic ass crazy cameo right off the bat. I guess it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I was just like, oh, okay. Because everything I kept reading was like, oh, you'll never believe this Marvel cameo. I'm like, oh, they got like some Marvel character to show up. And no, they meant an actor that's in a Marvel movie. And I'm like, oh, but they're an actor. So I'm sure if they called, they would be like, sure, I'll show up. Yeah, a lot do, of actors do. play more than one role. That's yeah. one of the crazy things in our society. Yeah, I'll, I'll do 10 minutes Wait, of work what? for like a bunch of money. Why not? Um, there is another actor that we would be way more excited about who also makes a cameo in a similar situation. But I won't say who it is until someone else watches it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably have by next week have it watched because I'll yeah. be. Um, well, me and Amanda have watched, you know, the first two seasons together. We both love it. Having known what's in the first two seasons, I don't know. <laughs> I think you would be surprised that there was a moment in the first 10 minutes of the first episode where both of us went, Oh my fucking God, what just fucking happened? Really? Okay. So that's where they're at. They're just like, yeah, we're, we're going all in on how fucking crazy this show is this season. So just be prepared. All right. So it's pretty great. I suppose that's good news. Cause the, I, th- I kind of thought season two just kind of churned a little bit. No, which that kind of a thing. Well, there was definitely there was definitely there was definitely some weird shit, and like I said, the first ten minutes of the first episode the had us going, "What the fuck?" That's and reassuring. Then, so, and then uh, seems like, like I said, we haven't got to episode three yet. I'm guessing there's going to be a, a character showing up that they've been setting up for the first two episodes. That. Um, is the reason they released three episodes in the, at first so that people didn't have to like sort of wait for it. Um, but I like, so far I like the story. I like where it's going. So we'll see, but man, not that he's ever not been good, but the guy that plays Homelander so fucking good in these episodes, there's just moments where after the events of season two, that people are just, you know, he's having to do like a big PR, like, thing and people keep questioning him and there's stuff like at Vought Tower where people higher up than him are questioning him and you can fucking see it in his eyes he's about to fucking snap or you can just see that weird like no soul like I just want to vaporize everybody in this room look on his face and he's so fucking good at it so I'm excited to keep going for this season oh that's good I should mention the other thing I've watched because you brought up Prime Originals is that yeah. I have been making my way through the uh, the new Kids in the Hall. Oh yeah, and it's uh, I haven't look, started yet. It's it's Kids in the Hall. They, it's like they haven't missed a beat. Like they just it's just they're back at it. And if you like the original, you'll like the new stuff. I think more stuff for me to quote that nobody around me will get. Yeah, yeah this is my yeah. favorite my favorite skit I've had so far is like. There's a guy broadcasting a radio, uh, like a radio broadcast from an underground bunker, and he keeps playing the same song over and over again. And what they do is it's like just like a little two minutes of him, but they keep coming back to him throughout the episode. And gradually, like each time he talks into the mic, he gives you a little bit more and more about like, oh, it's been five years since the apocalypse. That's why he's in an underground bunker and only has one record. And then later it's like and it ends with like him 
discussing the birth of his two children and trying to decide which one's the bigger mutant. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like, but it's just, you know, it's that kind of stuff. So if you like it, if you like kids in the hall, you'll like it. They rely a little too heavily on the humor of seeing old men naked for my personal taste, but what do you do? Well, hopefully you enjoy seeing young men naked as in age appropriate because there's a lot of it in the first two episodes of The Boys. See, I, I don't really need to see that many men naked. But. Well, I'm just saying you're going to see a lot of them. If you keep oh. watching, apparently if you keep watching Kids in the Hall and The Boys, you're going to see Apparently that's dicks, like, so. this is Amazon Prime's new thing. Is that what's going on? <laughs> apparently. All right. I can't tell them how to run their business. <laughs> Seems to work for him. I don't know. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Doug, you want to tell us what we're doing next week? I do. Um, just let me try to remember what I picked. Oh, yeah, because I was trying to find something that would be less controversial, so I thought we'd go back to an old favorite topic, which is killer rats. We've oh, had nothing, okay. but, nothing but good luck so far, so let's push that luck until it backfires on us by watching <laughs> uh, Rats. And Food of the Gods 2. Right. So, also known as Na, I believe, is Food of the Gods 2. This is the rats that uh, our friend Kent uh, suggested for us? Uh, sure. Right. I, I believe it's a 1984 film. Italian-ish. Sure. European, at least. So, uh, Food of the Gods 2. Never seen it. So, Me neither. I, see, if, see if it's as good as I remember enjoying the first one. The, the first one was super fun, and from what I understand, this one was conceived as a direct sequel, and then due to changes in production, is not a direct sequel, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Okay. Um, but we'll see. I, I have no idea what we're getting into with that one at all, well, because it's just, I mean, it's food of the gods, too. So, <laughs> I mean, can we, all just, can we all just agree now that nothing's going to beat meaner dogs and rat costumes? Yeah, we, we, we all understand that. All right. It's, it's a given. We can't be disappointed. So, I don't see any way we could possibly be let down now that we've accepted this. <laughs> All right. Noah, you want to jump off and I guess we'll talk some stranger things while you're gone? Sure. Have a good one, guys. All right. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Earthful. Uh, All right. Looks like, he's, looks like he's gone. All right. All right, we didn't want to so, tell him, but we're kicking Noah off the show. <laughs> Picking these movies this week. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. So Stranger um, Things 4. Yeah, so I How guess, did you enjoy it? Well, like, let's just establish before we go. Are we going full spoiler? That, sure, sure. Now that Noah's gone? All right. So here's the thing about Stranger Things 4 is that there's like 21 different storylines going on. Yes. And I liked some of them, and... There was way too much going on, and I just I couldn't care less whenever they'd clip over to certain things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so like the Hopkins storyline with the the new demon, whatever his name is, and the cameo by Robert England, and all the stuff yeah. with the kids finding the new ways in and out of the upside down, and all that. Loved it. Fantastic. Exactly yeah. what I want Stranger Things to be. Yep. It was great. Um, the, the the Russian stuff, like in the prison, 
surprisingly engaging, even though I didn't think I'd care about it because it's so far removed from everything else. But just solid performance from David Harbour. Liked the plot line. Not a lot happening, but, you know. The problem is that Uh, then we have, on top of that, we have the storyline of people going over to rescue him. And we have, like, following those characters. And it's like, well, I don't. They're just not as interesting. The the Russia stuff... (laughs) is decent uh maybe could have had a little less of it um yeah the joyce and uh jay stuff yeah could could have taken that out and i would have been perfectly happy yeah and i understand what they're trying to do they're trying to take all the characters that people liked in previous seasons and give them all something to do but Mm -hmm. i'm like i just don't like these are comic there's joyce just doesn't have much to do quite frankly i you should have put her in with somebody else um, and and you've got a comic relief character who now you're trying to play him up as a badass in certain scenes, and I'm just like I don't I don't know it just wasn't working for me, and I just I, I we're spending too much time with these characters and too much time away from the other storylines. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna say the same thing ironically about the main characters of the show, <laughs> like like Mike and Will and L and that all that stuff going on in California. Could have like, done without it. Get us back to Hopkins. That's where the story takes place. You know what I mean? Sorry, what did I say? Hopkins? Hopkins. Hopkins. You're mixing mixing Hopper and Hawkins, yeah. All right, well, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, get us back to where the monsters are, where the evil Hellgates are. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we want to be dealing with. Figure out a way to get Argyle to move to Indiana. Because that's all you need. That's the only new thing you need. You don't need California. Yeah. And like when they eventually like drive all the way to Utah just to get a cameo from Dustin's girlfriend from last year. Yeah, and I'm just like, it. did not need that at all. And it's like, and it, it, my other big complaint is like, fuck you in your movie length episodes. I, I'm mm. watching a TV show here, you know? And first of all, like we've, we've already discussed, there's too much going on easily. You could cut it down. No problem. Yeah. But then secondly, um, there's plenty of natural breaks in the action where you could just end an episode <laughs> and make this, you know, instead of having whatever it is, seven hour and 15 minute episodes, you could have 12 or 15, you know, mm-hmm. half an hour to 45 minute episodes, which would make it feel like I was watching a TV show because I don't watch a TV show. I don't plan to spend my whole evening when I turn on a TV show. I don't want it to be the center point of my evening. I expect to be able to turn it off as I see fit. And then I might end up binge watching the whole thing anyway, which counters my own point. <laughs> but like, that's up to me to decide whether I want to binge watch yeah. it or whether I want to watch one episode a day or two episodes a day. When you start making the episodes this long, it's like I'm watching a movie every time I sit down. And but, I ended up like naturally finding ways to like stop at the end of a scene. So I was saying, it, my counterpoint was going to be, but with streaming, you can literally just be like, okay, I think I'm done for the night and then yeah. stop it. And then, hit play again the next morning and it'll just pick up right where you left off. Yeah. Except what ends up happening with me is I think I can finish the episode and then I fall asleep watching it. Then the next day I got to try to find where I was when I fell asleep. <laughs> and that's, I, the, that's a Doug problem. That's definitely just, not a Brian problem. But I like, I just, I don't, there's no excuse to have your TV show be an hour, 15 minutes long. And you know what? I like, I made a comment about this on Instagram and I got some pushback from certain listeners, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to rewatch season four. Like I, 
I'll go back and I'll rewatch a show that's 20 minutes or whatever because I can kind of use it as background noise. And But when they're an hour and 15 minutes each, I'm just never going to rewatch this. Yeah. And you're a streaming service. That's the whole point is we watch it once and then it's there forever for us to watch anytime we want. Yeah, but I'm getting to the age where I don't rewatch a lot of stuff. Well, because there's too much out there right now. It's true. So I don't really care. Like I can just watch this season. I'll probably never, I've never watched another. I've never watched any of the previous seasons of stranger things a second time. No, neither have I. So I don't really care. I'll watch it once and that'll be probably the only time I'll ever watch. Yeah. And that might be, maybe that's how they're expecting people to do it. I don't know. But anyways, like that's more format stuff. Let's talk about the stuff we liked about it. Cause I feel like we're bitching and yeah, <laughs> As we mentioned, uh, all the stuff in Hawkins, love it. Yeah. Love everything. Yeah, I like I like uh, a little bit too extreme on the Satanic Panic stuff for me. Yeah, but it is time appro- it is uh, era appropriate. Yeah, it so is. I do like and they're putting it in there. I wonder, like, for because like, I know a lot of younger people love Stranger Things, which I find a little weird because it's so heavy on the '80s nostalgia, and I'm like, <laughs> you weren't alive right. then. But um, I wonder if they're going to get it. Like, cause they didn't grow up in that, right? Like That's true. people our age, I remember the satanic panic. I remember like I had a brother who played dungeons and dragons and I remember people being upset that he played that. And <laughs> I'm like, it's a board game. What are we fucking talking about here? Like I was, you know what I mean? And yeah. I remember, but I remember like parents being scared of kids like going to the park. And I remember like every time somebody found a dead animal, we're like, is there a cult in the neighborhood? And we're like, or you know, there's just other animals killing the animals that are outside. Like that's just, you know, like has been going on since throughout time and will go on forever. <laughs> yeah. I remember being told so, by my family, like, don't ever play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. If, you, if you go somewhere and they have a Ouija board, don't touch it. Yeah. Like, it's but, like, it's, but it says Parker Brothers on the side. Parker yeah. Brothers <laughs> would make something that would be, that would hurt us. Right. Yeah. It's it's so and it's so strange, but it is like and it was that thing of like, it, like you'd have like you'd have parents who wouldn't maybe not to the extent it is in the show where they're forming mobs and shit, but you know there are people who went to jail over this shit and it was mm. nonsense. You know what I mean? It was nothing. It was yeah. nerds in the basement playing games and it's like leave them alone, let them play their games. So yeah, well, but then you get people like Tom Hanks who gets really confused about reality and. Yeah, but that was as as, esta- as established in our mazes and monsters discussion. That movie is not about the board game causing him to go insane. It's about his shitty parents driving him insane and then blaming it on a board game. And people so drastically misunderstand the movie. <laughs> but that's not Stranger Things. Yeah. So all the stuff, uh, like I said, with Hawkins, I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. Really liked the new character Vetti. Didn't think I would because yeah. I'm just like, oh, at first I thought he was dumb. And then when yeah. he kept like when he was like stuck in that house by himself and there was all those scenes of him just like going through the cupboards looking for food. And then like when he <laughs> he's like breaking radio silence and, and to ask him to bring him a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I, uh, I got I got yeah. into that. I liked him more and more as it went along. And like when he finally like ended up going into the upside down with them and he's just like has no clue what's going on and all of a sudden he's like all right i guess i'm just gonna follow the team and then he's like what the hell is going on down here? <laughs> yeah he's got some good character moments yeah um he's talking there's a big 
there's a big thing between him and Steve this season where he, Steve's a little jealous because Dustin goes to play Dungeons and Dragons with Eddie all the time now. Yeah. And after they're in the upside down, Eddie has to be like, no, dude, like Dustin does nothing but talk about you. And yeah. he's just like, look, I was fucking up in that boat. I'm not going to jump in to save your ass. But then the two girls jumped in and I'm not going to be the last guy sitting in the boat. So I jumped in too, but it's just like, all right, I guess I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really liked Eddie. Um, I do think even though I kept telling Amanda, I'm like, Oh, so there's this giant mansion haunted house in town that we have not mentioned in three seasons leading up to this. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure. Why not? It's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's not a show that's meant to be taken overly seriously, no. even though it has some serious moments and yeah, there's just this giant mansion that nobody's bothered to talk about. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, we get a Robert England cameo, which people seem really surprised by. I, um, I had it spoiled for me. I so saw I wasn't surprised, yeah. but I was taken aback by how good he is. <laughs> Like, I don't know why I'm always surprised when Robert England just turns in these great performances. Cause I mean, he keeps doing it. He's been doing it for like 40 years <laughs> and every time I'm like, wow, he's not just Freddie. He really can act. And I'm like, right. Just like last time. And the time before that, and like, it, like, so many great performances over the years. And every time I'm like, wow, but he is that monologue he gives is one of the, it's the best monologue I've seen on screen in years easily and i'm just like and it's it's all performance because like he's essentially just like giving exposition it's not like it's it's not like you know he as written if it was if it was delivered by somebody else i'd probably think it was drawn out and stuff but because of the performance i'm i'm not i'm enjoying it and at the end when you see his eyes all cut out and he's like talking about how he was trying to kill himself and he's like, and he's like still upset years later that they saved him. And I forget, what is, I forget his line. He, they wouldn't let me join them or something like that. He says over and over again. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, fuck that's, that's heart wrenching. <laughs> like that is, and again, it, all performance because it could be really cheesy coming out of somebody else's mouth, but it's not. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. Well, they announced like a year and a half ago that he was going to be on the show. So I was not like shocked. See, I've started, I've really scaled back on my pop culture news because I, they spoil everything now. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even watch trailers most of the time because it's like, I already know what I want to watch and what I don't want to watch. So I guess I'm more surprised that he wasn't in it more for how much kind of announced that he was going to be in it. Well, it's, do you think he'll play a bigger role in the second half of the season? Maybe. I mean, I don't you, know say, what you do. say his second half, and the second half is only going to be two episodes. So. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. See, I don't follow the news anymore. <laughs> I do. That's why I'm, I'm like the whole like hour and 15 minute episode thing. Uh, you know, you know when I found out about that when I was getting tired watching episode one, but I started <laughs> like, how much fucking longer is left in this? I'm like, why is there a whole episode left? That doesn't make any sense. Well, episode eight is supposed to be an hour forty five. Okay, and see, get ready, get ready. Episode nine, two and a half hours. See why? Why not? If you if you if you want to make movies, make movies. I don't know. 
I don't either. And like, I'm, like, I'm fine with like the season finale being extra long, even two and a half hours. I can, I can say, okay, fine. You made a movie for your season finale, but for the remainder of these episodes, they should have, if you're going to have all this content, which again, I don't think you needed, you should have divided them up into more episodes. Yeah. You could have easily made a whole bunch of, you could have made a 22 episode season like they used to and just made it 20 minutes each. And yeah, I don't know. So what did you think about the the whole thing where they can now find different gates into the upside down? And cause I, I, I liked that. I liked the way they kind of opened it up. Uh, it's fine. Like, you yeah. know, whatever. There's one underwater, which I thought was kind of fun and neat, uh, especially when Steve goes through it. And then yeah. when you go through it, it's just dry land on the other side. So you just kind of plop out and go boom, like right on the ground. You're like, oh, yeah. shit. Um, I did. I liked the, when they found the second portal in like the trailer. I yeah. liked that they were climbing up the rope, and then when the, as soon as they get through the thing, they fall on the other side. <laughs> I, I liked that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, the the big bad guy is Vecna this season. Yeah, he's cool he's, looking, man. He's kind of cool. Uh, the reveal, like the reveal at the very very end, I was kind of like, eh. That's more of a problem with the Levin story than it is anything else. Yeah. I don't know. The whole, all the stuff with Eleven this year, I feel like, I almost feel like, like the people who went to California should have just been gone from the show. <laughs> is that like, like, and I recognize that like, you know, like Mike and Eleven were, and Will were the main characters of season one, but mm. they're irrelevant now. And I yeah. like, obviously they're not irrelevant. Obviously they're coming back and, they're going to meet back up with the rest of the crew for the final battle in the last yeah. two episodes slash six hours, however you want to describe it. And like, I, I know all that's coming, but it's like, I just, I'm not invested in the, this grown up version of 11. And I'm more invested in the storyline of what's going on in Hawkins. So yeah. I don't like watching her sit in that tank and have her flashbacks. I'm like, I just, I just don't care. No, that should have been like an one episode, maybe. Yeah. Like it's stretched out over all the episodes and it's just sort of like, all right, I get it. Almost like you get, if you, what if you had her show up having her powers back and then did a flashback episode the next week? Like that's like the stinger at the end of an episode is her showing up with her powers. And then the next whole episode is just a flashback to how she got them back. That would probably have worked better. Yeah. But yeah, her reliving's like, I don't know, kind of torn because finding out some more of her backstory is mildly interesting. Having it stretched out over seven episodes, like you said, that are an hour and a half a piece. Maybe, meh, not that exciting. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. It was, I just wasn't as interested in it. And I, like, part of the problem isn't that it's poorly done. It's just that I want to get back to the other storyline. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, I want to get back to the, the one yeah. or two storylines that I actually care about. And instead we're having like her and her fish tank and we've got, you know, the other guys having a shootout in their house and it's like, okay, that was a good shootout, but I don't, I don't care. And I certainly didn't care no. about like the bullying storyline at the beginning and stuff like that. Like no. none of that, none of that resonated with me at all. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that again, they do kind of nail the eighties in certain ways and the whole thing where it's like, people just watch her get bullied for months 
And then she finally snaps and smacks the person and they act like she's the problem. Yeah, that's how it worked <laughs> back then. That's exactly yeah, how that totally. worked. You hit that kid? Yeah, because he tortured me for six months leading up to it. And you all watched it happen and no one helped me. Oh, well, <laughs> you're in trouble for hitting. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, Argyle is about the only carryover from California mm-hmm. that I enjoy. He's funny. Yeah. I mean, he's a good comic relief, but yeah. Everybody but, else, I'm just sort of like, okay, like, what are we doing? It's, it's almost like there's just too many characters at this point. And I'm like, yeah. like uh, I hate to say it, but like some of the legacy characters, I just, I'm not interested in what they have to do. Like, Will just feels like he's just there because they feel obligated to keep him in the show. Like, what has he done of any interest? In this seven episodes, Nothing. he pouted. He pouted for a little bit because Mike likes Eleven more than he likes him. That's it. Like, and then they're like, yeah. "Nah, we're friends now." And I'm not even caring about Mike either. Nope. I'm. I think I'm kind of done with Finn Wolfhard. I remember he was like my least favorite part of Ghostbusters, and now this, I'm just like, I don't know. He's just played out to me. He seems to do the same thing every time you see him on screen. Yeah. And then we get to the point where. I mean, maybe it's fitting because it is the 80s nostalgic thing, but like I'm sitting here watching stuff and I'm like, oh shit, Jonathan and Nancy are still in high school. <laughs> like they both look like they're like 35 and I've completely yeah. forgotten all this. And I'm just like, I figured they graduated already. Yeah. Cause they do mention that Steve has graduated last year. Yeah. But, but these two, I'm just like, oh, so she's. We're still believing that she's running the school paper. Okay. And gotcha. I'm trying to figure out the time, like how long of a time jump has happened here? Because I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess I, I just, maybe I thought those characters were older last year, last season <laughs> than they were. I don't know. Yeah. But I felt like maybe they should have been graduated and like, yeah, yeah I feel like they should have, you could have just sent Nancy and Jonathan off to college, I guess. And maybe have them show up at some point because it's spring break, but yeah. I don't know. I did, I did like, like again, in, in Hawkins, I liked them working at the video store and stuff. Oh, that stuff's great. I, wanted, was a more, little, I wanted more video store. It was a little much when they, uh, when they're trying to figure out who the guy is and they start just calling up the movies that these different people have rented. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I get it. You want to make 80s pop culture references, but now you're just reading the names of every movie that came out in like 1982 <laughs> through 1987. It's like you're pushing your luck here a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I was so happy when I saw Steve and Robin were working at family video. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. let's have some more like family video stuff. But, I like those two together, too. I think yeah. they're just funny together. And yeah, you know, and is it is it weird that it's just like. Okay, season one, you're like, why the fuck is Nancy with fucking Steve? Fuck Steve. Mm-hmm. Season four, you're like, man, I hope Steve and Nancy get back together. <laughs> I, I am. I am. It's weird. I'm like interested in them getting back together. And I'm like, I don't know why I care. But it's like, but it, like, it's like Steve has become like a, my favorite character. Like, I like that yeah. him and Nancy, but I also like his relationship with uh, is it Dustin. It's oh, like, yeah. I, I like that he's like, constantly annoyed by the kid but then whenever the kid's not around he misses him and then i like that like when he finds out the kid looks up to him he gets sort of proud and i'm like 
oh, I, I, I like it all. Like I like everything that happens with that guy. He's got he's got three re- like major relationships, and I enjoy each one of them on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah, I had read somewhere just recently that apparently Steve was going to die in the first season. But as they were filming, everybody just like Joe Carey so much. They're like, well, maybe he doesn't die. And then he gets his hero moment like in season two when he's like, I guess I'm the fucking babysitter. (laughs) But yeah, it's he has come a long way. Like, you're right. He was the douchebag that I didn't like. And I. It's they whatever they've done, they've made it work yeah. in that element of it. So and now I'm like, I hope Jonathan just leaves, just doesn't come back to the show. Yeah, again, I everybody who moved to California, it's like you should have just stayed there. All of that stuff yeah. is not fun. Which also, and I know this is nitpicky because you know it's a TV show and you have to have plot lines, I guess. So <laughs> Joyce is just like, well, this girl that I'm looking after for my dead boyfriend. Her boyfriend is come all the way to California to stay at my house. And I'm just going to pick up and go to Alaska. Well, we're also still talking about like a year time jump. So for a year, one of these kids is living in Hawkins and one of them is in California. And there's, there's two different kids in that house who have maintained relationships with the people they're with back home. Yeah. And it's like, these are, these are children. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like 14 year olds in a long distance relationship before the oh. internet seems very far fetched to me. I last like a month and then that's over. With. Yeah. It's, it's, it's two letters. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Ugh. And it's, yeah. and you, part of that is why, like it all, it all just feels forced together. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like, it, it feels weird to say that so many of the main characters from season one don't belong in season four, but they don't. They don't fit into the story. No. No. I just feel like there's. I don't know if it's they painted themselves into a corner by having them move at the end of last season or what it is, but that whole separating everybody is just yeah. annoying as shit. Yeah, because like the the Game of Thrones style storytelling isn't working in a Stranger Things universe, in my opinion. Like, I just I find myself not wanting to watch roughly half the storylines. No, no, yeah, and it's Stranger Things works because of that group of kids, and when you split yeah. them up, they're not, and they're not. Yeah. Because you can have them uh, trying to work on the same problem and split them up for the story. Like, these two are going to go here and do this. These yeah. two are going to go here and do this. Like, you can do that and still have it work. But when they're experiencing two completely different storylines, it's just one of them comes off as not good. And the other one is way is really exciting. And that's the one you want to get back to. And they keep cutting away from it. Yeah. And I mean, like... The whole the whole thing about Stranger Things is it's a kids on bike movie put to a TV series. That's that's the the elevator pitch of the show. And like kids on bikes can't ride their bikes all the way to California. So when you start having people in California and people in Russia and people trying to fly to Alaska to sneak over to Russia and all and you're like. 
get on your fucking bikes. And like when they finally like they're in the upside down and they get on bikes and I'm like, yes, that's what they should have been doing this whole fucking oh, movie on your bikes great. where you belong. Like yeah, they have the team like on the, on the regular side and the team on the upside down and they do that cool camera flip. Yeah. <laughs> one team is upside down and they, they just pan up and the other team's like right side up. I'm like, that's great. Uh, great. And I like that. I like the call back to using the lights to send messages and stuff. Mm-hmm. All that stuff worked. And I'm just like, again, none of it was negotiating a deal for jars of peanut butter in Russia. <laughs> also, so were peanut terrible. butter jars still glass in the eighties? I have no clue. I'm trying to remember because I know I had like one jar of peanut butter that came in like a special Hulk Hogan glass because I kept it <laughs> afterwards and just used it as a drinking glass. But I don't think like just normal peanut butter was in glass. Yeah, no clue. That's that's <sighs> pretty nit. That's really nitpicky on my part. I won't hold that against the show. That's my problem. But they they shouldn't have a peanut butter subplot in the show to begin with. Yeah, there's that just shouldn't be there. Like, and then even even the Hawkins or the Hawkins the Hopper thing in Russia, honestly, like it's okay. Like if it if the show was just the Hawkins plotline and then Hopper in Russia, like I I just would have dealt with it and been like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, but even that I feel like we could have done without. Like I feel like it's overly complicated and it doesn't need to be. Yeah. We we totally could have done without it. It's just the execution of it that is so good. That makes me go, yeah, yeah okay, I, I can forgive them having this in here. Mm. And and that's the thing with like the California crew is like nothing that happens there is interesting enough to me to justify its existence. So, because yeah. uh, even for me, you could have consolidated all that shit down. Like, okay, like at the end of last season, they destroyed the gateway or whatever, and you know they played up that he might have died, even though. Yeah. Two seconds later, and they reveal that he didn't. But I'm just like, why couldn't he just jump into the gateway before it exploded? Now he's been stuck in the upside down for like a year. And just play it up like, oh, yeah, he died. Don't even tell anybody that David Harbour's in this season. Just be like, yeah. oh, that sucks. And then when they go and they, they're finding all these gateways and they're trying to figure out what to fucking do, then all of a sudden they think they're, they're going to die or whatever. And then here comes fucking like Mad Max. Hopper has been living in the upside oh, down for God. a year. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been fun. But. There's lots of different ways they could have done it. I, I think like obviously the idea of this season, I'm, I'm making assumptions here about what's going to happen in the last 11 hours that they still have to do that. They fit yeah. into two episodes. Um, I'm assuming like all that is going to be about all of these plot lines converging and all of yeah. these people coming together for one last fight against this Vecna character. Sure. But first of all, they closed the gate last year, which seems like a bigger deal than fighting one demon. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's like, I, it's too fucking long without them reuniting for me to be able to care about these storylines that long. Yeah. I, and I feel like I'm really bitching like a lot, like, but I seriously considered not watching the rest of this when I finished episode one. And like at the end of episode one, my immediate thought was, okay, the first, episode of a season is set up where all your characters are and you know have a stinger to see something bad is going to happen coming forward right and that's effectively all episode one was but i'm like that's 22 minutes that's not an hour 18 or whatever the fuck that was (laughs) and i'm just like i it took me a while like it was several days between episode one and episode two 
And I mean, there's, there's a weird convergence of <laughs> events that resulted in me having a lot of free time this weekend. And I'm like, all right, I'll finish it. But <laughs> like, like I ordered a new kayak and if it had arrived before the weekend, I wouldn't have watched the rest of strangers things. And I don't know that I ever would have gone back and watched it. Hmm. And it's just like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're free this weekend and you have like too much time. And so I know I can fill that time. Yeah. That, that's what it came down to. <laughs> Is it's like if I pick a movie, I'm going to have to pick another movie later. But if I just watch Stranger Things, then later I can just watch another Stranger Things. <laughs> so knowing myself and not wanting to spend my entire weekend flipping through Tubi, just trying to pick movies, I decided I'd watch the rest of this. But yeah, I don't, like again, there's parts of it that I really liked, and I'm really glad that I stuck with it and watched like watched like the crew down and like so what's her name that works with Steve. Robin, Robin, like, yeah. watching her like adjust to all this, like with not really understanding everything. And all of a sudden she's in the upside down <laughs> and she's just like, all right, so this is, this is what you guys are telling me about. All right, sure. Like <laughs> I really liked all that stuff. Like again, I, it's just, she's great. And I don't know, like it surprised me last season when I looked it up, but she is Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter, which may be why she's so good. Okay, you know what? Actually, now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, she kind of looks like a mix between those two. Totally. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't like I didn't look it up, but yeah, she's yeah. her timing is perfect, and her delivery of those mm-hmm. lines. Well, I don't know if she can do anything else, or if that's just her <laughs> being herself on camera, but it's it's yeah. great for for what she's supposed to be doing in the show. It's great. And her like her interactions with Steve and when she was acting all nervous because she wanted to meet that girl like that's all that all worked for me. <laughs> They're having that conversation because she doesn't know if the girl's gay or not. And Steve's like, yeah. I'm telling you, she paused it at such and such time on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She <laughs> likes boobies. That was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I liked her last season. And, you know, I was like, oh, Steve's going to. She's going to be Steve's new little girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she revealed she was gay. And I was almost like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I just want them to be best friends forever. Because yep. they are fantastic together. Yeah. And I, I did think it was kind of funny when, uh, when Dustin made a comment about how Steve refuses to date her. And he's like, you're obviously still hooked up on the other girl or else you would be dating her. It's like, <laughs> there could be other reasons. <laughs> that was a funny little line. <laughs> Yeah, so I love them being best friends. I love him and yep. Dustin being best friends. When they started, when they started interacting, I just turned to Amanda and I'm like, I've missed them together so much this season. Yeah, it's it's so strange. It's almost a stranger thing. All right, we don't need that. <laughs> um, Eleven stuff again. We've mentioned, eh, like learning some of her backstories cool i guess but i feel like we got way too much of it yeah it's too much it was i don't know then i guess interesting uh, enough i got ruined on that he was number one the the orderly guy was well i don't think you got ruined on it i think that like what the fact that he was number one specifically obviously is hard to guess but the fact that he's a bad guy and that he's trapped in there because he was one of the experiments gone wrong it's sure. pretty obvious from approximately the first second he's on screen yeah well even before he showed up on screen someone posted like a meme that had him okay and like 
Vecna or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But then the the reveal at the very end where we find out that Vecna is in fact the orderly guy number zero zero one. I was just like, okay, well that was one of the most telegraphed things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's I don't know. I did like that this season has very much has a nightmare on Elm Street feel to it though. Yes. People just having people having weird visions and stuff that then lead to them end up dying while they're sort of sleepwalking esque sort of thing. Yeah, the uh, the kills that Vecna does reminds me of that one kill from uh, Nightmare Three, where he walks the guy off the building with the oh yeah, treating him like a marionette. I, I don't know it's why good. it makes me think of that, but in even Vecna's appearance is obviously a reference to Freddy Krueger. That's not an accident that he looks that much like him. No, you know, mm-hmm. especially not like you know you know what they're going for in this show, and it's totally. a tribute to that character. It's not. I don't, I don't. I'm sure they've admitted it in interviews. If you ever watched interviews <laughs> with them. And people kept talking about like, oh my God, I couldn't believe like that cameo. So I thought maybe like, oh, okay, well they announced Robert Ingham was going to be in it, but they didn't really say who he was going to be, but maybe they worked something out. Maybe he showed up as Freddie or something because all these people were like seeing like weird things connected to them in their visions. I'm like, is one of them going to see like Freddy Krueger? Like did they work out some weird licensing deal. And it turned out I wasn't it. They were just talking about Robert England in general. So that I guess I was just like, oh, but I already knew he was going to be in it. Well, but. it must be interesting because like, look, you and I could sit here and we could get into a whole discussion about his performances in Behind the Mask or yeah. Jack Brooks. You know what I mean? Like we can get into these discussions. But to normies who know him as Freddy Krueger and haven't seen him as anything else, that performance must have really taken them aback. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that's true. Like just. Just, you know, they're, they're just used they're They think he's been sitting at home doing nothing since the last nightmare movie came out. <laughs> they don't, they don't <laughs> Where understand. Where they find this guy? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess that's true. Stranger things is a very normie show that we yeah. also just happen to enjoy. It's yeah, no, it's, you know what I mean? Like I, one yeah, of the things totally. I like about stranger things is that I sit and chat with my 13 year old niece about it. And I like buy her stranger things, t-shirts for her birthday. Cause she loves it. <laughs> and it's like, that's great. But she doesn't know, like, and she has a deeper knowledge of horror movies than most kids her age because she has me for an uncle. And I'm a bad influence, <laughs> but still, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I thought there was going to be Freddy, and there wasn't Freddy, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, he was still he was still amazing. He was so good. Just it's like. He, if anyone's listening to this and you were on the fence about watching it, maybe because of our complaints, you're thinking about not watching it, find that cameo. Anyway, we should have, like, I'm sure you can Google what episode it's in and just fast forward and just watch that speech. And it's like coupled with flashbacks to a, a previous victim of this Vecna character and stuff, but it's, it's really good. The guy that got to play younger Robert England, I thought was really well cast. Yeah, he looks like him. Yeah. And I've seen him in a bunch of other stuff and I was like, oh shit, he is a good young Robert England. I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of that, but seeing them like playing the same character, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. It's it's super weird that every now and again, when you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, casting director is a real job. Like there are people <laughs> who are good at this stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, oh, I, you know, I thought it was just one of those things where you're like, oh, how hard is it to figure out that somebody would be good in that role? And then it's like, no, turns out. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, even some of the backstory with him was pretty good. Yeah, again, I liked it. Again, when we get to the orderly and he's telling his side of it and it turns out he's the son of that family, I was like, all right. Yeah. It's maybe a little too connected. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, even in a fantasy show, there comes to be this weird point where you're like, how is all this stuff just magically everybody's connected through some weird history that we didn't know about until now? You know, but I'll forgive it that because it's the nature of the show. Uh, and then, uh, he, in the flashbacks, they do have young 11 on screen. Mm -hmm. I thought they actually did a really good job with some of the de-aging stuff they did. Yeah. Some of it's really good. Some of it is questionable. Uh, I did see behind the scenes pictures. Apparently, uh, Millie Bobby Brown directed the young actor in those scenes. Oh Yeah. So she would kind of know what's going on. They did find a young girl that looked almost exactly like her. So then they only had to tweak a couple small things like in the CGI. Okay. So they did a pretty good job with that. Some of it looks flawless. There is some, there is some towards the end that I was like, Ooh, so someone just did a click and paste, huh? (laughs) There appears to be some moments where they took current Millie Bobby Brown and tried to make her look a lot younger and I don't know the right way to say this, but she's grown up a lot and it's some parts of her that have grown up are hard to hide when she's just walking around in a hospital outfit. And it's a little distracting where you're like, they're trying to make her look young, but they don't know how to make. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's so it's fine. It's fine. Like it's when you're doing flashbacks, you have to use the actor that you have and that's it's fine. But yeah, well, it, was, they, it was a little weird. They at least did a little bit of like, she's only super young 11 from like the first season. When we see yeah. her in reflections, like in mirrors and stuff. Yeah. That stuff works pretty good. But, there, were, there were times where it worked really well and times where it didn't. And it, yeah. it all works better than anything we would have gotten in a previous era. So we shouldn't be complaining for, for sure. Cause most of the CGI in this season is, pretty terrific yeah oh yeah and like all this like again all the upside down stuff the the visuals are great even that like where that house is exploded and there's all the parts of it floating around like that all looked cool it does the classic tv trope of like uh uh, what's her name the redheaded one is like drawing what she saw and she's like i can't draw very well and you're like those are Clearly, you hired an artist to draw those, and even other people could then piece together the house based on that. And I'm like, okay, let's let's not pretend this is just how people draw. Like, uh, yeah. Then they have stuff with uh, what's his face. Um, I don't want to just narrow him down to this, but I don't remember his character's name, but the black kid. It's so good. It's like, as you were doing that, I'm like, I know who you mean, but I can't remember his character's name either. (laughs) I almost referred to him as the one that they wanted to make up and make dressed up as the black Ghostbuster. Yeah. Um, Um, But he has a very distracting haircut in this. So, yes, that flat Um, top haircut is... I mean, I almost feel bad for an actor having to walk around with that today just for this purpose of being on the show. But it was normal at the time. Uh, 
I even forgot what my point was now. Oh, how he's he's on the the old basketball team now, so he's trying to hang out with all the jocks that doesn't want to hang out with his Dungeons and Dragons friends anymore. Yeah. But then that comes around and it's just like, oh, but they're my real friends, and all these people are douchebags. So. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty typical. Again, this is supposed to be flashback to 80s stuff. It is supposed to be kind of be nostalgic for those early high school years. And Mm -hmm. that there is always that. We probably all had people in like, whatever. I don't know what you guys call it. We call it grade nine that like kind of moved into a different social circle. And then you're like, well, why aren't we friends anymore? Like what what just happened? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Or like people you sat with in one class and you thought you were friends and then outside of that class they weren't going to talk to you and it was like high school was a weird time <laughs> they did, I, I thought they did a good job of kind of capturing that and then it is like the tv trope of like then he just goes back to his his real friends which in the real world he would have just stayed friends with the basketball team <laughs> that would they were the ones providing him with beer and helping him get women so uh but yeah then we sort of get the new uh the new douchebag popular guy I don't even remember his name either, but the head of the head of the basketball team. Head of the basketball team, yeah. He's, He's leading this uh, satanic panic uh, witch hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's very punchable. Yeah, he's hard. It's they did a good job of casting like evil Zach Morris. Oh yeah, that's it's a like, good way to put it. Just that douchebag haircut and just the uh, like holier than thou attitude that he's got and the way he thinks he's more important and better than everybody else and his reaction when he finds out that his girlfriend was buying drugs is fascinating because he's like so like disgusted with the idea that she would be involved with this and that she would be talking to the D&D guy like yeah there's obviously something wrong with her yeah it's just the whole thing is I think it's well done. It's again, it's the cliche bad guy from the 80s movie, but done in a modern yeah. way. Even gives the big speech at the uh, town hall and yeah, gets all the uh, all the Indiana rednecks agree with them and yeah, flood out. Which I mean, it has a real kind of like Halloween vibe to it where it's like, I guess it was. Halloween four is where that happened. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it does feel like another trope of eighties filmmaking. So there's even a point where one of his basketball buddies gets killed by Vecna, like right in front of him. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, well here's where he, he sees it with his own eyes and he's like, well, obviously Eddie would not have been able to do anything like this. But instead, it goes even further. Like, well, he's obviously the vessel for the devil. Yeah. I was like, oh, it is satanic panic time. That does it, make sense. It is. Yeah, it is. It is a religious nut job. Um, deciding someone's evil and then just <laughs> manipulating every other fact to fit that narrative. <laughs> you know, as yeah. they do. No. No religious group has ever gone too far out of their way to condemn somebody who wasn't actually wrong oh you misspoke there brian you said no religious group instead of every <laughs> religious group oh well damn uh i don't know anything else you want to talk about no i think, I think we've made our point um i don't know i'm 
Like, I don't know if I'm positive or negative on the show because I'm so positive on certain elements of it. Yeah. And the problem is that those elements make up 50% of the runtime. How do you justify it when, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how do you, do you like a show or do you not like a show when it's almost exactly 50-50 what you like and what you don't? Because <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's so, so yeah. weird like to like the Russia stuff but not like the people going to make the rescue mission for the Russian guy. It's like, I, I, I don't even, can't even equate that in my brain. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay, I, but that's how it is, right? Yeah. Like, it's interesting still, we, that we agree. So, I yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's, it's mm. clearly the show was offering us something that we liked in previous seasons and we're liking what we're getting from that. And it seems like maybe different audiences liked different things. So, you know, some audiences like, you know, watching Mike and 11 kiss. So we have to have a whole storyline about those two. And it's like, well, that's, that was never particularly what I was interested in. I like the monsters and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still pretty positive on it. Cause I, all the stuff I did like, I really liked. Yeah. And I feel like there is a solid seasons of stranger things in there. Just kind of have to deal with all the side stuff that at this point is not super connected to the main story. Yeah. If they could, like, if they could just edit together a cut of everything that happened in Hawkins in this episode, I'd be so excited about it. I would love every minute of that. Yeah. So I'm hoping they learn their lesson because they are doing season five, which they have said is the last season. Yeah. So hopefully they don't feel like they have to. They have to make everything even more giant and more epic because I think that is part of the problem. Things are yeah. too big in this in yeah. this season. Yeah, um, it happens with a lot of TV shows. Um, the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head, and I don't know why I'm making this reference, but Sons of Anarchy, like where that show started out about this little biker gang in this little town, and it was all this like in drama and stuff, and then all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, they ended up in Europe and shit. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's how this works or it's not. It's this year. You're, you're, you've expanded it too much. And that's how I feel this went where I'm like, this is about a town with a hell mouth underneath it. As soon as you start leaving town, you cause problems, you know? Yeah. And you had three different storylines at some points, four different storylines that were all out of town. And I'm like, get back to our little town with the hell mouth under it. Yeah. Yeah, there was a point when I had to, had to explain to Amanda. So, you know, they go to Nevada to this, like, you know, door that's basically just sitting up. And then there's a whole facility underneath of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, uh, and Eleven goes in, freaks out because Matthew Modine's in there. And then gets, like, tased or whatever. But then wakes up, like, in the facility. Yeah. And Amanda's like, wait, so she's back in... She's back. Like, how did they get to the facility from that? She back at, she back in Hawkins. And I'm like, no, remember that facility got destroyed. So I'd explain to her, like, there's multiple like facilities. They all kind of look the same. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Well, but I don't think we knew that coming into the season, right? No, I don't. No, my other huge complaint about that, this, this is just one of those things that my brain won't let go. It's probably doesn't bug most people, but it's this like secret underground facility that nobody knows about. But then there's just a door in the middle of the desert as if anybody going through wouldn't immediately notice like just this 
cement structure <laughs> with a door with like a keypad and everything. Like they, it could have been inside a shed or something, and it would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> like you just had like an, an old wooden shed around it, and then they like open it up with like a key, and it's like one of those old timey locks. And then when you pull it open, then there's like the high tech door to get into the main area or something like that. It would have made it feel like a lot cooler. Eh, that's a lot of work. Is it though? No. Just CGI in a shed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I I had in my head the comparison to I don't know if you watched Heroes when it was on. Uh, I watched the first season. Right. Did you watch the second season at all? I tried. Okay. <laughs> you'll you'll at least understand this reference then, which the the they did the first season. The first season was amazing, and then they did season two. And it was god awful and horrible and never recovered. And the showrunners have since said the biggest mistake we made is that we thought everybody loved the first season because everybody was on their own adventure and then came together at the end. And so at the beginning of the second season, we separated everybody again, had them come back together. And that's not what people wanted. And I mean, they're doing it in season four instead of season two. But, I mean, it's kind of the same idea where it's like everybody loves everybody together. So let's just separate yeah. them all, give them their own adventures, and well, bring I, them together at the end. And part of it That's is just not that, what people want. Part of it is just that there's too many characters. Because if those yeah. people were all in Hawkins, yes, I'd prefer that. But also, how would you give them all enough to do to make it? without it just seeming like a bunch of people were just following at the end of the group, like your group of characters are on their bikes and then there's just like a few stragglers running behind them. <laughs> like, you know, well, you could have people going through gates like earlier in the season. Yeah. It's like half your teams in the upside down, the other half's in the right yeah. side up. I don't know what that, the that's the correct world. term. I don't, I'm not sure but, what that means. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, so maybe that would help a little bit, but man, you're right. It is like a small town yeah. <laughs> flipping back and forth. If everybody's like, all together, it's, and this is where I'm like, I just think sometimes like this is the problem with mainstream stuff, right? Is that mm-hmm. they feel like we need Mike and will and Jonathan and Joyce to all be in this show. And it's like, if they've played their purpose in the show and it makes sense narratively for them to no longer be in the show, yeah, have like a scene of them in California and show them living happily ever after. And then that's it. Like it's, you know what I mean? If, if that's what they are now because of the way the show has naturally progressed, then that's where we're at. But I feel like because this is mainstream media, it's like, well, no, we can't get rid of Mike because 11.8% of the audience said that's his, or their favorite character. And, you know, I just, it feels like, it, it feels like the show progressed to that new group in Hawkins that, you know, with Steve kind of as the leader, weirdly enough, even though he wasn't part of the really part of the group in season one. And it's like, that's, that's our new group. That's our group of heroes now. And sorry for these other characters. It's not that I didn't like you in these earlier seasons. It's just that you've, you've played your part and now you're just in the way. Yeah. And I don't know what a good medium would be, but I don't like just, which is not, not what they put together. Again, I'm still positive on it, but yeah. it's just like, man, there's a lot to sort through this season. 
I don't feel like it has to be that complicated. No. Part of it, I think, is just pretentiousness. I think they think the show is more than what it is. Um, they don't understand that it's a silly Netflix show. Mm. And, I mean, obviously, I don't know what season five will look like, and I don't want to get into predictions for that without even having seen the rest of season four. Mm. But, um, like, if they do this again, if it's more of this, I don't know that I'll watch it. And that's, I'm surprised myself to be saying that about the show. Yeah, I'll still watch it because it's the last season. Yeah. And we'll, like, we'll see. It also is going to heavily depend on, like, when it comes out, what else I'm doing. And... Yeah. But I just want a uh, spinoff, by the way, of Steve, uh, Robin, Eddie, and Dustin driving and driving around the country and you know like scooby doing some stuff yeah what if they just had like a team that just went on missions around the country yeah. now because now they're just they're used to solving crimes and dustin's getting real good at figuring shit out so yeah and set it in the 90s like he did with the 80s with this one yeah just be see? like po- post high school that's what these guys yeah. do now yeah see i just made netflix like a billion dollars well and sometimes i think like I get that not everything is the MCU and not everything can just like anticipate continuing forever and having endless budgets and whatever. But what if like all the Hopper stuff was its own show now? Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what if what if just like like yeah, now there's this show about this guy and this thing in in Russia and they they're gonna keep you know like because I thought it was kind of fun when they had him they put him up in that fight against the Demogorgon or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one there that knows how to survive that. And I'm like, yeah. that's that's a fun little twist. And like, what if stuff like that just kept happening? And now you've got this American prisoner in a Russian prison constantly having to deal with new battles over there. That could be fun. And, yeah. you know, eventually right. gets out of the prison and, you know, whatever. And at the end of season five, he shows back up to help with the final fight in, Hop- in uh, Hawkins. I don't know. Yeah. It, I, and I get like I'm I'm in fantasy world here where the guy gets his own show, <laughs> but <laughs> when you think about how much money it must have cost to put together what they did with that storyline, yeah. you you think you could do a six a six episode season of that as opposed to fitting it into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you could pull like a Buffy thing where he gets his own show and then yeah, you can. Uh... You can have him show up in the last season and help everybody out. In the season finale, he shows up and says, anybody need help? And they go, nah, nah, you're not part of the show anymore. Go back over there. <laughs> and he walks off screen and not to be seen. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Whedon. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess that's season four of <laughs> Stranger Things. That's it. Yeah, it's we keep trying to be positive about it and end up bitching. So that's our official review. <laughs> it's like, it's like, we're doing our best to enjoy this, but they don't want us to. So find a way, have someone do a fan edit of all of the, uh, the, uh, the Hawkins stuff and even maybe throw in the Hopper stuff, Yep. which I guess tangentially we'll have to throw in some of the joy stuff. No, I don't think you need it. I agree. Um, 
And then, yeah, the California stuff, man. Those those kids driving around in that pizza van. Just, yes, some of it's a little bit funny. I, like, I'm not taking away from Argyle. Like, that actor's performance is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. It's just, it's not helping the story as far as I can tell. Would it have been better if they did it like they did that Arrest Development season where they couldn't get everybody all at once? So they just filmed people having their own adventures and, like... These two episodes are going to be a Jason Bateman episode, and these two will be a Will Arnett episode. So they do like two episodes in California, two episodes in Russia, two episodes, well, three episodes with the Hawkins stuff, because that is the best stuff. Yeah. What if they just did like more of the Hawkins stuff and then didn't do all that other stuff? Yeah, I'm I'm down with that too. Maybe just, maybe just rewrite the end of last season and they don't move away and then... Or have them move away. Like again, have the balls to have them move away and just be gone. Like, and then like think about how much more you could do if you weren't paying Finn Wolfhard and uh, (laughs) like, but like some of your biggest name actors are the ones that moved away. So you take those take those salaries out of your budgets and spend that doing more wacky shit in Hawkins with more cool visuals and more gates to the upside down and stuff, which is what I want. You just have to live with the fact that, you know, those characters are gone. Like, but like you could have easily just said, yeah, like Eleven had her powers taken away, so she's not really useful anymore. Do we really need her getting her powers back and coming back like a season later? Or can we just live without them? I don't know. I I think I'd have preferred it if those people weren't in the story at all. It's a possibility it still would have been good. People may have been bitching though, like, where the fuck is Eleven? Yeah, like we didn't hear again. The story. This this is the problem though. Like mainstream audiences would have been pissed if those two weren't there. And I'm like, yeah, mainstream audiences are wrong about a lot of shit. Like <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, I feel like we keep pushing ourselves in circles talking yes. about the same thing. So. Yes. That's what's happening. Stranger Things season four. I'm still positive on it because I really did like all the stuff I did like. Could do without some of the stuff I didn't like. You seem like you're a little less positive than I am. Yeah, for sure, I think. Yeah. But again, I think I was just more annoyed. I was I think we both liked the stuff we liked a lot. (laughs) I think we were Mm. both. I was more annoyed by the stuff I didn't like. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but I didn't really like the stuff with Finn Wolfhard and Scotty Brown. I don't, I don't know if you picked up on that. I was pretty subtle throughout our conversation. I had no clue whatsoever. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.